welcome to episode 32 of the Adelan Rising podcast. Today we discuss the sixth installment of ABC's Inhumans. The gentleman's name is Gorgon. Hi, boys. Hello. Howdy. It's been a How while. It's been a while. Uh, it's good to have all three of us here to review uh, this latest episode. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, Sarah, you can keep me and Doc on the on the straight and narrow and make sure we don't sort uh, of diverge off and talk about other I haven't listened stuff. to last week's episode. <laughs> is that what happened? I think, I think about 10 minutes of it is me and Doc discussing like other stuff, but yeah. It's oh. Just, yeah, yeah, it's all my fault. No, no, it's just, you know... Just six to one, half dozen together is fine. But um, just just a, just a quick one though. Oh. I did see Thor yesterday. I know it's not in the US yet, but highly recommend that one. Um, You're looking forward to it. Jealous that that you you Brits get Thor sooner than us. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, kind of by that. We, we actually, get, we get all of them earlier. Yeah, like, I know. I've got a poster on my wall behind me of um, of Civil War, and we got that like a week and a half before you got it in the uh, in the US. I know April and then May for you guys. Just yeah, you know. Well, I did check out the uh, what Rotten Tomatoes uh, little aggregate reviews. It sounds like people are really digging this movie, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, yeah, I mean, my my friends, um, a couple of my friends didn't particularly like it as much as other Marvel movies, but it's it's just an absolute. Oh, just go and have fun. Yeah, it's an absolute laugh, and it's so good. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's just like ah. I'm Very a big, cool. I'm a big fan of that director. Um, yeah. I know he's only done a handful of things, but he did a movie called "The Search for the Wild Wilder Folk," which I cannot recommend hard, be, strongly enough. It was maybe the second best movie made last year. Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, find that one. Yeah, yeah I'll have to look that one up so too. Very good. It's kind of like, um, I guess I would. I get was sort of like a Kiwi version of a Wes Anderson movie. It's just it's it's brilliant. Nice. Very and, good. And, and hard touching and all the and funny as so, so it's got Sam up? Sam Neill and this and this this little lad oh. who I've never seen before okay. and it is great. Okay, sorry, anyways. Just, yeah, sorry, I was just about to say yes. Sam, Sam Neill is in is in Thor Ragnarok. Really? He is, yep. Yeah. All right, no spoilers. No, no more spoilers, that's it. Done. <laughs> Uh, let's though. talk in humans. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Uh, Tell yeah. you what. You want to <laughs> give us a you want to give us a recap, Doc? Well, you know that's pretty easy. Not a whole lot happens in this <laughs> particular episode. I thought that the uh, the preceding two episodes were quite good. This one uh, kind of stalls out, and um, I, do, I didn't pay attention who, to to who directed this episode. Was it Buck again? Oh, let me have a quick look. Um, I, think, I think generally it was it was <coughs> trying to set up an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, yeah. This this episode was directed by someone named Nasia Hardaman. Mm, don't know who that is. Oh, oh I've okay. heard of them before. Quick search but... on Nasia. It's a it's a woman. And her past credits include episodes of Jessica Jones, episodes Ooh. of a show called Happy Valley. Happy um, Valley, that's British, isn't it? Happy Valley. That's a British, in it's a Welsh club, Tracy Beaker. But I would say... Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty she... sure she must be... Um, Who wrote the episode? Uh, the episode was written by... Stan, Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> ah, Charles Murray and Scott Buck. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so go. Scott Buck. So, but she's she. Uh, well, Jessica Jones was brilliant. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any wrong with the direction of this episode. I think it was quite good, but just a not not a lot happens. Just yeah, well, when... just all set up and stuff. I, I will that's... say. Before we get into synopsis, I'm just going to say that the more I see Louise, the more I love her. I don't know why. I think she's hysterical. And Dave. Oh, Dave. Dave. I, I, Dave. I don't like Dave, Dave at all. No, I agree with you. Uh, uh, Louise, Ellen Woglum's Louise has been the surprising breakout character of the series i you know when when they first were first announced that there'll be this uh, this sort of this new character um i was like oh whatever but uh yeah she's quite quite been quickly cool. become one of my favorites mm-hmm. of the show she, a much necessary uh uh little sort of counterbalance to the hyper sternness seriousness of uh the rest of the cast yeah 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 I like her. She's fun. But anyway, shall we get a rundown? Oh, there's not okay. a lot happening. Well, it's, uh, like I said, not a whole lot happens. Uh, at the end of the last episode, uh, Karnak, Gorgon, Medusa, Black Bolt, and Louise uh, were all reunited. And um, they are making plans to get back to Adelan. But first, they have to locate um, Crystal. Uh <clears throat> Louise uses, I don't know, her computer skills and ability to uh, hack into NORAD or whatever to to figure out where on the island um, Crystal had initially landed. Um, and then they split up because uh, – <laughs> you never split up, guys. Uh, they split up First because – First of all, D&D. Uh, all right. Up and look at the clues. <laughs> Uh, because um, Oren and her and her uh, goons have Dr. Declan and Sammy in their custody, and they're and they're making like you know we're going to kill them if you don't come and um, give up to us. So um, Black Bolt makes the executive Scooby Doo style decision that um, he and 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 Medusa will go find Crystal, and that Karnak and Gorgon will go get. We'll go rescue Sammy and uh, Do- uh, Dr. Declan. Um, so they do that. Um, and uh, Karnak, you know, he still doesn't have full access to his powers. He's quite, uh, he's quite a bit crippled by doubt. He, uh, he's like, I don't know if I have what it takes to take on Oren. And, and Medusa gives him a little pep talk. She's like, hey, even, without, even with half your powers, you're still... Um, the greatest combatant of Adelan, to which Gorgon takes some exception. He's like, well, wait, well, second best, uh, maybe second the best. second best. Hey, hello. Uh, <laughs> so they, they venture off to go rescue humans, and um, uh, Medusa and, 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 and Black Bolt and Louise jump into their... Uh, their Scooby Mobile, <laughs> the mystery machine. The mystery machine. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't think of it. Which is actually a really nice car. I mean, it's yeah. not 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 exactly an inconspicuous car if you want to steal one. Um, it, it reminds me a bit like a bit of uh, a bit like Lola from Agents of Shield. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I think maybe. Well, yeah. Lola. Um. Anyway, so they drive off to the other side of Oahu, and um, I'll follow that line first. Um, 
meanwhile, uh, Dave and Crystal are are trying to figure out how to find Crystal's family. Uh, Dave's ex girlfriend continues to be a real top notch jerk, and um, it's like I'm I'm going to tell on you. I'm going, you know. She makes some reference, a, a veiled reference to the the Scovia Accords. Am I saying that? Yeah, right? Well, yes. Uh, yeah. As, as well yeah. as um, as well as the thing from Agents of Shield, because didn't they want to register all of the Inhumans? Right. Oh, well, yeah, the, that was part of the Scovia <coughs> Accords too. That oh, that. Okay. Yeah. So oh. she says, "You you need to be registered. You're a you're you have powers. I'm going to go to the police, and um and then storms off. And so, um, Crystal and Dave are are like, we need we need to move. We need to get out of this barn. So they uh they um teleport to a uh, well. Dave actually comes up with a pretty good idea. He says, "Look, use your elemental powers to create." A water spout or an electrical storm that will signify to the rest of her family somewhere on the island where exactly they are. And she's like, "Oh, that's a great idea." He's, he's um, not. He's not all just looks. He is. He has got a little bit of brain as well. A little bit of a brain. <laughs> um, a little bit. You know, it would have been. I would have preferred that you know Crystal come up with that idea instead because she has been given nothing, nothing. to do in this show. It's, oh my god, I'm so upset because. Yeah. Yeah. She's, She's got so much potential to be such a fantastic character. Like Disney mists a big. I think I'm not going to. I'm not going <clears throat> to. But anyway, go ahead. Keep going. I mean, I you know I I've been waiting what six in now for for Isabel Cornish to to to, uh, to step do, do up to the plate and give us. <laughs> Give us a good crystal, and and she just has not. I mean, she looks fantastic, but um, she hasn't had much to play with though. It's like you're saying. So, no, they haven't given her anything to really see her chops. I mean, unfortunately, you know, when you know when her mean? when her part has been described as the princess, that's exactly what she is. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, she might be a princess, but she's also pretty friggin' badass in the comics, and she is, you know, especially in recent uh, books. Well, Serene, last week Adam and I, <clears throat> excuse me. Adam and I were discussing how, because of the limitations of the script, each of the actors have had to kind of um, step above and beyond to to make their characters a little more memorable, which you see in their sort of nonverbal communications, their their stage presence, the way they interact with with uh, their co-stars and whatnot. And um, I think, you know, for the most part, for especially for Ken Lung and Surinda Swan, they've really done that. They've been able to elevate above the woodenness of the script and make their characters more memorable. And I just, I just don't feel that Miss uh, Cornish, Cornish has had a chance to do that or has oh, been able to all. do that. And not that at might, all. I agree. That has, you know, I mean, she's a younger actress. She, I'm not sure how many roles she's had outside of this. And, and, um, the, the young man who plays, um, Dave, um, is, is, uh, you know, is, is the same. In any case, they go up to, um, I guess the highest point on Oahu and she creates some elect- uh, lightning strikes, you know, very, um, atypical lightning strikes where they hit the same place twice, which doesn't normally occur that often in nature, wow. although it, wow. it, it does occur, but, um, <clears throat> in any case, uh, 
Medusa, Louise, and Gorgon um, are able to. I'm sorry, Black Bolt are able to see this from their vantage point elsewhere on the island. They're like, "Hey, that's where Crystal uh, is." Now, meanwhile, while while they're waiting for this sign, um, Medusa and Black Bolt are having kind of a disagreement about what kind of leaders they need to be for for Adelan. Um, sure, I, I really love that conversation. Sorry to interrupt you yes. before we even talked about it. but No, why don't you no. uh, what it's all about? No, it's a good uh, conversation. Well, you can carry on with that word because I'll probably get all tongue-tied. Oh, you got tongue-tied? Okay. Yeah. Basically, Black Bolt wants to kill his brother. He's super pissed that he assaulted his wife, that he cut off her hair in this sort of quasi-sexual assault. I mean, I guess we don't even need to drop quasi from that. I mean, the sexual assault. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, it was assault, yeah. And, and, oh, sorry. and Medusa's like, look, that's not the kind of king that our people need. We, we need a fair trial. We need to show mercy. We need to show that we are not above the people. We can't let – we can't make the same mistakes as your parents and how they treated her parents. And you get the sense, and I think it's still percolating, that – Medusa and Black Bolt have been engineering a a plan to to create a more egalitarian version of Adelan. That that you know they're not as as um, you know they're not as into the caste system as it might have originally seen. That 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 they they're have playing been, the long game. They had the long game, and they were planning on on on, on creating a, a, a better Adelan, and that a, a crucial step to that will be not to just go in there and you know take Maximus and throw him off a roof or blow him up with his sonic voice or whatnot. You that that um, that fairness and equality and due process has to be a part of this new governance, and um, Black Bolt is just so. You know he's got man rage because his woman was was uh, was attacked. That he's he's just struggling with that. Well, and yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily man rage. I think it's um, uh, oh no. Well, no, I I mean there's some people that do an awful lot for just you know their friends, let alone their other right. halves. You know, I, I think I think it was just a uh, it was almost pointing out exactly what Black Bolt feels for his family. To be honest, yes. I think I think that's a better way of putting it. You know, yeah, not, not to uh, not to contradict you or anything. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But the, I mean, Black Bolt's whole deal is restraint because yeah. of the nature of his powers. He can't he can't show even a crack in his restraint because that could be disaster for everyone. Um, and it, you know, Medusa has found herself in this position where she needs to be this kind of auxiliary branch of his restraint. She's like, look, you need to get it together. You have to keep your anger in check because not just for the for you know to be a better leader, but to keep everyone safe. Yeah. Um, right. And you know it, it's it's interesting because it is it's it's a bit different than how it's portrayed in the comic books where um, where Black Bolt is usually the withholding ultra controlled uh part of the party whereas uh medusa is always 
sort of wanting him to be more emotional and be more in touch with his feelings. Um, this sort of flips the script, the script a bit where, where Medusa gets to be um, sort of his, his more pragmatic side. Be like, look, be strong for me, be strong for your people keep it together and it, i thought it was actually a rather effective scene um and and made all the more uh impressive by the fact that that, that it was all pretty much done through serinda swan you know speaking and then she reacting fantastic yeah. Just saying to, because um anson mounts black bolt he can only communicate through sign language um and it's 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 quite stirring i think uh the two of them together um you know, we started off with that ridiculous scene of the two of them in bed, and they had like almost no chemistry. I was like, "Oh God!" But but they've they've really developed a much more um, authentic and realistic chemistry since then. Yes. And I really like them together. And then, as usual, you know, to have uh, Louise chime in here and there at just the right moment to add a bit of levity to this this very serious conversation it, it made for a really fun scene they're all sitting in this in this cor- uh convertible ridiculous car and um <laughs> it's just well done anyway so they see the light why are the like, cops oh. here i'm driving a stolen car <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they uh sorry they, go ahead they, they find um they find crystal and and dave right after dave made his first move and 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 kisses uh, uh, Crystal, and she's like, "Oh, I like it." Um, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Um, need a boy. And um, and of course, the police are coming because they're driving a stolen car. But before the police can 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 uh, arrest them, uh, they make it away, and they get back to the barn where um, Lockjaw <laughs> has been convalescing, and just then. Uh, oh yeah, the cops come there, and the uh, Dave's ex-girlfriend, who's a vet tech, has brought the police, saying, "Hey, there's an alien dog in there." Yada yada yada, and um, uh, you know the the Inhumans are basically like, "Look, you're you, you you guys need to take help us out here." And Dave and Louise say, "Okay, you guys can go. We'll handle this." The the Inhumans all teleport away. The cops open the barn and there's louise and she's like oh this chick she totally locked me in the barn because she's not happy that 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 dave and i are now boyfriend and girlfriend and <laughs> and uh, the, the cops are like oh man look you call us again you're in trouble and and that the, was actually pretty brilliant i'm sorry but yeah. i thought that was hysterical that I, it, it was funny it was <laughs> it was funny and i, I liked the way in which uh Dave put his arm around Louise, like, "Yeah, what? Come on, guys!" And <laughs> it just incensed the um, the poor. I, I guess her name is uh, Liv Hewson. She does a great job as Audrey, the the vet tech. Um, yeah. She she's just incensed. She's like, "No, th- there was a big old dog in there. Oh, go, go, come on!" And it was um, a big old pupper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they now. Meanwhile. Uh, Gorgon and Karnak have um, made their way to this sort of abandoned facility where Declan has his lab, and um, 
Orin and her forces have set up an ambush, and Maximus has sent some reinforcements, although these reinforcements are all composed of former miners and members of the quote-unquote lower caste who aren't really skilled combatants, they're, you know, but they're happy to volunteer because they feel like you know, they're being treated as equals. They're being treated as... Um, members of the higher tier of Adelan, and they're just psyched to go fight, especially Brunaja's dad, um, who has, I don't know... Uh, like a scaled arm or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so they all go via um, Eldrak. Eldrak, who makes a nice appearance again. He's hilarious. Um, That's a lot of people. Yeah. I, I was hoping, I was really hoping they'd get all teleported into rocks like Arn, but he behaved himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Eldrak realized that these were all yeah. just just citizens who were being manipulated, not, not not jerks like, like Orin. Orin. So, um, Gorgon and Karnak, are, they've made their way. They know this is going to be an ambush, and Karnak is still quite nervous because he's like, I don't have my powers. I can't see what the best approach is. And, and, and Gorgon's like, hey, look, man. Fake it. They don't know you don't have your powers. You go walking up there and they're all going to be freaked out because they know that you... They, they, they will imagine that you've got it all figured out and they're just going to wet their pants. And uh, <laughs> Karnak's like, oh, that, that's actually a pretty good plan. Okay. Um the two of them are wonderful. Um, yeah. Ken Lung and Emmy Ikokwar, the two of them have an on-screen chemistry that's, that's just terrific. I could watch a whole show of just the two of them. Anywho, they 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 commit their plan, and 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 um, Karnak comes walking up like you know, badass, and uh, um, Orin's got her gun out. She's getting ready to snipe him, and she's like, "Wait, he wants me to shoot him." I better not shoot him. And meanwhile, he's like, don't shoot me, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. <laughs> you know? Um, then she doesn't. Um, he sneaks in. Gorgon kills the power. A whole fight ensues. Um, uh, Karnak does show some pretty good karate, kung, I don't know, Adelan. Martial arts. Martial art power. He takes out Mortis and I love Mortis. Arms. Yes. And uh, Gorgon, meanwhile, uh, takes out Orin. And Orin has uh, kind of um, lost a bit of her confidence because she's realized, and Dr. Declan points out, that her ability to regenerate has been overtaxed and isn't working as well as it normally does. In fact, the the burn mark on her hand hasn't fully healed, and she's... Um, it, it sort of fills her with a sense of doubt that um, make that that interferes with her ability to um, to to be a good combatant. And I think this is actually uh, Sonia Bolamare's uh, best performance to date because she's uh, also very good. Because you you see her um, worried for the first time because she she knows that if she gets injured, it might be permanent this time. Uh, she has. This is actually a pretty decent fight scene. I mean, all the fight scenes, you know, Scott Bucky really stinks at fight scenes. But this fight scene, despite the fact that they put in some corny music, the fight between uh, Gorgon and and um, Orin, I thought, was well choreographed and fun to watch. Um, 
and Gorgon gets the best of her. He says, I'm going to stomp on you if you don't give up, and she gives up. So everything seems okay. They release Sammy. They release uh, uh, Dr. Declan. Dr. Declan admits to Karnak that, uh, or no, mate, one of the two, that he had been working with Maximus. He had been um, coerced. Uh, they get out of there, but before they can get out of there, um, Mortis regains consciousness. He's like, you're not going to take me back. And he tries to remove his helmet, which would you know, destroy them all. And uh, uh, Gorgon grabs him and holds on to his 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 face mask, and in a in a you know to save everyone else, he slams down his foot, which causes the entire superstructure to to crumble down onto them, um, apparently killing them both. Um, when uh, the other Inhumans, by way of Lockjaw, teleport to the scene, they find um, Karnak sifting through the the rubbish and having found Gorgon's body and he says that he's he's died. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that made me sad. It was very sad. Um, and I mean, I... Look, he's not dead. Um, <laughs> he will be coming back. Uh, I'm I, not yet dead. Da, da, da. <laughs> Singing some spam a lot there. I mean... Uh, Maybe he is, and uh, I think that would be... I just don't see it happening, because um, they'll find some way of reviving him. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think it's going to be Auron. Um, I oh. think I, I think she's got similar powers to... Do you know Triage from the X-Men? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's got similar powers to him. Well, there is an Inhuman who... Now, of course, the show has not been utilizing any of the um, extraneous Inhumans, but there's uh, a young, uh, an Inhuman from the uh, Jenkins and Lee series named Kaliakia. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right, but she has <laughs> healing powers. Yeah. Um, and she was able to heal Quicksilver from from a yes. pretty much almost dead state. Um Stands the reason she might be able to do the same thing. Now, also, um, Emmy Ikakwar is scheduled to be in all eight episodes of the first season. <laughs> first season of the season, and so unless he just shows up in flashbacks in the next two episodes, he will be back. Um, and you know, I was looking at it, and the same is true for uh, Mike Mo. He's scheduled to be in three seasons, uh, three episodes. Three episodes yeah. I was say three seasons. That's new. Yeah, so yeah, so does that mean that um, does that count one and two, even though they were like aired at the same time? Because he was yes. in episode two, wasn't he? he very in briefly, fr- in flashbacks. Two. Yeah, and he was in episode one, which leaves one to be left over. So we might see Triton make his return in either the finale or the penult- penultimate episode. So, you know, cry but don't go overboard because I think Gorgon's coming back. Fingers crossed. I, I, was, uh, I, I was just blubbing everywhere. Yeah. It, I, mean, it's, I was sad. It's, it, it, it's, it's sad because um, he, he's been such a fun character. and um, But, you know, we'll see what happens. He, he's, and kind that, of, he's kind but, of the character that's almost like learned the most as well. Because he's kind of realized that everybody matters, I suppose. Yeah, when, 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 uh, when, 
I'm not sure who makes uh, a thing like, well, do we really need to go back to Declan's office and save Sammy and, and Declan? And, and Gorgon's like, yo, this is Hawaii. Yeah. We look after our friends. And I, and I thought that was a great, a great line. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he, he and Karnak has had, have had the, the most sort of character growth throughout the, the season thus far. And it would be, um, it would be a shame to have him not be in the last two episodes. Yeah, um, now, throughout all of this, <clears throat> there's been uh, there were a couple of scenes with Maximus. Um, oh, alas, Maximus, he's really gotten the short end. Uh, Ewan Rion has really gotten the short end of the stick with the with the script. He he, he all of his scenes have been with tibor or bernaja and they're really static except for one flashback where he is um he he's being trained um by gorgon and karnak and like look even everyone in the royal family must learn some degree of hand-to-hand fighting and they're training him and and gorgon is just wiping the floor with him he's not (laughs) he's not a very good teacher um And he says, you know, you have to use your guile, your skill, anything you have at your disposal to be a good fighter. And he's like, all right, that's enough for now. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he, he turns his back to clean off his sweat or whatnot, at which point um, Maximus picks up a big stick. rod, <laughs> stick, another, and just slam, just sneak attack, slams, go again on the back of, uh, on the back of the base of his neck, just back. And oh, this looks so painful. And and Gorgon goes down. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, you son of!" And Gorgon's like, "No." And Car- Karnak's like, "Nope. He did it right. He used what he has at his disposal: trickery, sneak attack. That's his skills. He, you know, he's doing it right. Don't be mad at him." And this sort of is a foreshadow to how you know Maximus comports himself. This that he, you know, he doesn't have super strength or anything like that he has his guile and his capacity to be treacherous and sneaky now this is all that (laughs) all this is going on the backdrop of his collaborator tibor who is secretly conspiring to have him uh taken out you know uh julius caesar style um and uh um, you know, Maximus is a bit wise to what Tibor's up to, and he asks Bronaja, the, the little youngster who has uh, prognosticatory powers, he's like, tell me what happens, you know, when, when, when Tibor and I meet, and Bronaja, he's just scared, senseless. He's also upset that he sent his dad off to fight in a battle that he has no chance of coming back from and he lies he says yeah you guys are i have a good old time you're you're happy when you meet and you know maximus he's just he's very apt at realizing when he's being lied to so he sets up a um, a trap and when the conspirators and tibor set themselves up to to kill maximus he's more than ready for them and he has his guards come down and arrest all of the conspirators and then he stabs well he he cuts um tibor's neck with a knife it's rather gruesome um yeah it's yeah. Pretty, pretty gruesome for yeah. a um, friday, yeah. friday night yeah yeah <laughs> um 
And so Tibor dies. The uh, the conspirators are taken to jail, and um, uh, Maximus expresses his displeasure to Bernaja for having lied to him. Um, puts some blood on his face. It's rather creepy. We yeah, finally we finally really get creepy. to see a little bit of the Ramsey yeah. Snow side. A little, a little of, bit of madness coming through. Uh, of uh, of Maximus. Maximus is descent into madness because he's getting right. all paranoid. And and he has good reason to be yes. paranoid. Yes, um, he does. The 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 episode actually begins with him having a bad dream in which the royal family returns and they're like, "You're dead, buddy." Um, and that's pretty much what's going to happen in the next episode. Um, and yeah. that's what goes down. Yep. Yeah. I actually liked the episode. I, 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 you know, I liked all of it except for Crystal and Dave. Dave, it's <laughs> Dave. <laughs> you know, I, God forbid if we ever get any like um, comic book art, artist or writer or whatever called Dave, because that's all I'm. That's the only way I can say it now. As, as a guy at work, I'm just gonna go right, Dave. So. I put up a poll just because out of curiosity with the events of this episode and what happened to Gorgon. I put up a poll on our Outerland Rising Twitter. And I asked, I said, hey, so what, you know, do you think that the events in Tonight's Inhumans is sort of hinting the outcome of the upcoming issue of Royals? Um, With 5% to go, we have 56% saying yes and 44% saying no. (laughs) That's really, that's, that's a good split. Yeah. Like right, so that, that tells us nothing. It doesn't tell us anything. I was just curious to see what people thought about that. Wow. Well, my own my own prediction is that there is almost no communication between oh, Al right. Ewing and Scott Buck. Um, but but um, that's an interesting question, nonetheless. Um, it would be. Um, it would be a surprising degree of synergy were the comic and TV show to actually kind of follow suit with one another that, that Gorgon dies on the TV show and dies in the comic book. If he dies, um, we don't know yet. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be healed up. I think Oren's going to make a little, oh, I'm sorry, guys, and, and heal him up. So, I also, uh, I, I mean, I, I in regards to the royals, I... I feel like the the uh, it would almost be a ridiculous level of head fake were Flint not to be the one to not return. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and nobody actually says. I mean, is it ever actually been stated when he says no return? Does he actually mean he's going to die? Because I mean, I'm pretty sure right. he's not dead. Um, in, well, in the comics, I mean. So I mean, not to be ultra persnickety, but he did at one point say dies oh. um and then he changed it and said i didn't say die i said only six return yeah. um see i, I think but i, think I mean that could have been just the way i mean right. it, it, like i could have been the way that comic book resources or newsarama recorded it mm. um you know i'm not gonna put i'll say i can't remember yeah. what, i can't remember what you said in our interview so yeah, i mean it back was and <laughs> almost i ago. just I just thought it was an interesting little correlation, and the timing of it was kind of interesting. So I just was like, "I'll just ask." Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, I was like, "Oh, oh, snap! If he's dead, then maybe he'll die in in Royals," which sucks because um, (laughs) find out. Yeah, because ironically, um, uh, I'm just going to call him Emmy, not out of disrespect, but because of my problems with pronunciation. I think Emmy's. (laughs) performance as Gorgon has actually left me liking the comic book version of Gorgon more 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, I hope he doesn't die. I mean, I don't want Flint to die either, but I also, you know, I, I know Flint a lot less, you know, he's been in my, (laughs) he's been a character I've known for a shorter period of time. Two years, max. Uh, Three. Three, yeah. Three, yeah. Um, Yeah. Inhuman, yeah. Forgot about that one. Although, uh, uh, um, never, I mean, I don't want any of them to die, but uh, no, they're, they're fictional characters. But no. Um, <laughs> well, no, I, it's it's weird because, like, in the show, I kind of got really quite, not, I, I guess, I don't know if attached is the right word, because I, I, you can get attached oh, to I, characters, I, of course. But. You can, I've gotten attached. I love, I love Gorgon, and I agree with Doc that um, Gorgon was a character that I never really cared about. I was like, eh, yeah, Gorgon. But, um... Yeah, reading all not... new Inhumans made me like him a little bit more, and then I really seeing him on TV, I've really grown to like. As I say, the reason I liked him most in like the comic books was the fact that he was like watching a metal concert. Oh dear, <laughs> that, was, that was the best. Oh yeah, he he's a fan of heavy metal. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The, Wait, the, Adam, the Adam, are you a fan? Are you a fan of heavy metal too? I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you should. laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I don't know. I mean, my favorite band is the Devon Townsend Projects and Dream Theater. So, uh, think of that what you will. So, well, I don't know who they are. I mean, I know like Metallica and um. Yeah, I'm not into that kind of, of stuff anymore. I used to isn't be. Isn't that isn't that like prototypical heavy metal? That's, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm you're I'm not... talking to someone who's not educated in music at all. I was, so I, was I, say, I just know the stuff who I'm I like, into is so... not typical. The stuff okay. I'm into is weird. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's very, uh, you know, you, they put on that music and it, you know, it it's kind of gives me a panic attack. It's really fast, <laughs> loud, and, and the bass just hits you in the stomach. You're like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> All right. The episode. <laughs> I don't want to make myself like an old man. What the yes, music these kids are listening to today? Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, a... I, I think I did get quite attached to Gorgon in the show because I was because I was yes. kind of I was kind of watching humans like um so I was sort of lying on my bed sort of on on Twitter and and reading comics and that sort of stuff. So I had it on in the background more than anything. Um, but when when the Gorgon death scene came up, I was like, "What? <laughs> no!" Yeah, so, yeah. It was literally like um uh like uh, like uh, crystal. <laughs> when Lockjaw no! got put down. No! no wake up! Lockjaw! Oh my Lockjaw. god. Don't worry, he'll be back. Yeah. I, 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 I was uh, trying to start a Gorgon Lives hashtag last night, but it didn't quite work out that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'll be back. Don't worry. Like back. I said, his. his uh... Now, um, having looked, you know, cheating by looking at IMDb. We will not be seeing any more this season of Dave. Oh, um, sorry. Just oh, uh, today and I'm so disappointed. I know, but we will be seeing more of Louise. She's scheduled for all eight episodes. Um, and we will be seeing more of Dr. Declan. Um, I'm trying now, to think if Declan was mentioned in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever, but I don't think he was. I don't think he was either. Um, no, I can, just want to make. Go ahead. I was about to say, can we can we make Dave the unofficial mascot of the Atalanta Rising podcast? 
No. Okay. No. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you are outvoted, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the Atalan Rising podcast with Dave. Dave. Yeah. I think we I think we should do a full court press to get Chad James Buchanan to be a guest. <laughs> Seren, I'm leaving that in your hands. You're okay. Uh, you're our uh, press agent. Go out there and get Chad James Buchanan to be on our show. Okay, I'll do my I, best. I don't think he's going to come on after we've just been like <laughs> disrespecting his character. That's horrible. Come on. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, so, 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 genuinely speaking, what, what, what was your, you know, what would you give it out of? I don't know, five, ten lockjaws. Uh, this one gets two and a half out of out of five lockjaws in my book. I thought it wasn't as good as the last two episodes. I think they wasted a bit of time when they shouldn't be wasting time. And there were some good moments, but as a whole, it left me a little unsatisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping it was just set up for what's to come and that the next two episodes are awesome. Yeah. yeah but in a in an eight in an eight episode series, um, you, you don't have the luxury of saying I know. Everything needs to be bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think. Um, I think this. I think this episode's almost like one of the starting episodes of Agents of Shield. Like, do you remember back in episode one, uh, season one, yeah. when it was kind of like a lot of filler for the first half, and then second season it just kicked off. It was yeah. Really good. I, I think that's just you know, filler's filler at the end of the day. Um, every every in, yeah. Every series in the uh, in the bad news department. I don't oh, know this bring oh bring yeah, bring it down. I know bring what you're going to talk about. Yeah. So Marvel Disney gave IMAX the okay to release a statement saying that they were uh, officially disappointed with how um, Inhumans did at IMAX, and although that's certainly not a surprise, the fact that they allowed that, you know, that they showed their cards, does not bode well for Disney putting a lot of uh, energy yeah. behind a second season. Yeah, I um, and I, 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 I'm sorry, but my, my friend summed, up, summed it up yesterday because we were on our way to Thor or on our way back from Thor. Um, we were talking about the TV shows and that kind of stuff. Um, and we said the biggest enemy of the MCU, whether it be Netflix... Uh, TV series or films is Scott Buck. Uh, yeah, he is the. Biggest see, I don't under see no. what I don't understand is though. So here's what I don't understand: though. why did they rush it? Yeah. Why? Why if if they were if IMAX was disappointed for it, who put the deadline that it had to be done in three months? That's oh, what that, I want to know. Marvel and ABC. No, no. Oh, really? Let me let me clarify this matter. The 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 official biggest enemy of the Inhumans is a young man named Isaac Perlmutter who <laughs> is a supervillain in real life. Well, um, yeah. I mean, and yeah, he donated an awful lot of money to a certain... Yeah, someone. is he now... Is he the one who pushed the time frame too then? He, he pushed probably the time because, frame. He cut the budget. This is the guy who, who uh, got rid of... Um, who had um, James Rhodes re, uh, recast. I mean, I love Don Cheadle, but they just recasted um, him Terrence because Howard, yeah. because Terrence Howard asked for too much money. The same guy who said, we don't want to make 
um, we don't want to have the female characters be too yeah. prominent in the series because you can't sell toys to them. This is a guy <laughs> oh. who, who wouldn't even purchase high-quality craft services because he wanted to save money. This guy's a penny pincher. He wants all profit, no expenditure. He's bad news. He said, let's make this on the cheap to increase profits, and he screwed us all over. The fact that he got so enamored with the Inhumans as a way that possibly screw over Fox films and that he screwed over the Inhumans. Yeah. That what he did is he screwed over the Inhumans and took a wonderful franchise that had so much potential and had them thrust into the spotlight in such a way that it made the pre-existing fan base be like, uh, screw them. So, fortunately. Yeah. He can't be along. He can't be around too much longer. He's no spring chicken. The sooner he, the <laughs> oh, sooner he gets know. out There's of the business. Spite. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that we're gonna keep that bit in because that's a bit that's a bit far. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. keep it in. I hate that guy. Yeah, I I have to admit I'm not a massive fan. Yeah. of Yeah. So if he's so. the one who cut the budget, because if he did that to the Inhumans and he rushed the whole production, and it was all him who was who was. Well, probably we don't. Probably it was all down the line, but that's that's a shame because I don't know. I don't have any insider information. I'm just based on speculation. But anytime you see something that's hurried with with in you know anything in the Marvel U and the extent in the TV shows and whatnot that it that involves corners cut, pennies pinched, uh, hurried productions, you know. <laughs> getting you, things out despite quality you can look at him do you think that scott bug was buck was then put on it because he might have been cheap oh yeah he would be cheap and he would push it out quick which is what he had to do with iron fist too yeah because iron fist wasn't great and when 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 roll rond or whatever the guy's name was who directed the first episode he he actually gave he actually gave an interview saying yeah they wanted me to do this as fast and inexpensive as possible and uh, that's why the first two episodes of the the movie was so dreadfully bad because it was done fast on a low budget with corners cut. And the sad thing is, is that you know, unlike DC and the DC universe where they have no problem uh, rebooting things, uh, Marvel that's not their policy. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't really think we're gonna get another season of humans if i'm gonna be no. perfectly honest i had uh, as a conversation at work because there's a guy at work i talk to watches all the superhero stuff and um and uh there's another guy as well we were talking to him and he said that you know he hasn't heard great things about it but because it's airing in the uk now um yeah the other guy in the same room was kind of like yeah i didn't watch it because of the reviews and i was like well give it a go just just give it a go you might like it it wasn't that bad uh, yeah, which is what I'm saying too. Is that some people are saying you know it's not as bad as everyone says it is, and it's a shame because it's such a great cast. Obviously, like they're they're talented actors and actresses, and yeah, and I just I just and I just feel bad that that just someone gets a bee up his ass and has to spite another company because they're coming out with a TV show too, and it just yeah, but, it, but bloody, it's a shame. What's it? What's it? Uh, what uh, that moment? Um, it was gifted. <laughs> The gifted, the, the gifted yeah, and that's blowing it out of the water. So, <laughs> you know, well, it's a it's a far superior show. The thing is, that's that's the difference, though, isn't it? It's DC. I feel that DC are now focusing an awful lot on their TV show. Um, 
I mean, the, you've got flat. You've got how many? How many DC TV shows are there a now? A lot. There's a lot of them. I mean, Marvel, I'll be have been focusing on their Netflix shows, but there's only four Netflix shows. <laughs> well, five if you count as Defenders as well. So, yeah, it kind of shows the attitudes between different companies that, okay, one's focused on TV, one's focused on film. Marvel are arguably doing the best for film. But DC are just blowing, DC and Fox. Well, blowing. I don't know if I go that far. I mean, Wonder Woman is the highest grossing movie of the year in, the, in, right. in terms of the superhero realm. Although, I guess, wait, does event, does, uh, what's, does Black Panther come out? The, oh, yeah, they could beat it. I don't know. Black but, um, comes out in, uh, in February next year. Right. Well, we have to see how Thor does compared to Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, but, I think Wonder, Wonder gonna... Woman was fantastic and deserves yes. all the praise that it got. And I think out of all the DC movies, it's the best one. Oh, yeah, I, without I mean, a, I, without I, a question. You know. I, now, I, Justice I, League Justice League will premiere later in November. Yeah. I uh, I watched the preview and it looks okay. not so great. Um, well, didn't Josh? Didn't Joss Whedon have to do a whole bunch of reshoots because Wonder Woman did so well they had to add her in more? No, I think it was um, it was a terrible, terrible thing. Um, uh, right in the middle of well, production, um, oh, uh, who was it? Zack Snyder's son died, yeah. and it's so sad. And so yeah. you know, he, he left Whedon. the production, and Joss Whedon jumped on. Um, now maybe it'll be great. I'm I'm going to watch it. Because well, I I like the Justice League, um, I have not been a fan of the Schneider verse as a whole. Although I loved Wonder Woman, I didn't make it all the way through Superman versus Batman. It's, it's it was it was too. I have to, I have to admit, um, Wonder Woman is going to be on my list of things to watch tonight after this podcast. So oh, well, you're in for a treat. Yeah. My my list. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. Gonna, I don't know if my wife will let me get away with it, but I want to stream all nine episodes of Stranger Things one after another. After <laughs> you're binging, good. You do that. Yeah, I'm gonna but, have like. Um, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have like a number eleven style nosebleed by the time it's all done. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> I want to watch them all. Are you, are you gonna, uh, when, when's, but, it, when's it daylight saving time in the in the US? Not till next month. Okay. But well, anyway. I'll, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, We're off topic. no. There's a good point. Um, talking about the films. Um, so, I came out of Thor Ragnarok, and I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant kind of cosmic story. Um, and it kind of it kind of comes off the back of Guardians a bit more. If yes. you know what I mean, it's it's much more sci-fi. It's much more kind of spacey stuff. It's it's relying less on the backstory of Thor as a god, mm. but. My 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 biggest thing about it was is that's what a cosmic story should be, and it's also kind of what I imagine the Inhumans would be like as well. Yeah, just just with the the characters involved. See, just with the just here's I agree with you on that, but here's also what I think. I think something like the Inhumans still needs to be a TV show, but it needs to have a bigger budget. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what the budget was on this, but you know, I I compared it to like Doctor Who. And Doctor Who has like a, I think they say it's about a 1.6, 1.7 million pound budget per episode. Um, so Peter Capaldi yeah. in, the, in the last series got like a million dollars, a million pounds just for doing like 12 episodes. But the budget is genuinely really good. And it's a really good fit for a sci-fi show. Yeah, um, there can be no comparison. Doctor Who is, is just, it's, it's been around longer. It's got, it's got a, 
a mythology that's so well right. cultivated. Yeah, it's that's true. That's true. My 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 and, sense. And also be, too is it needs like I I would say almost like a Game of Thrones or more budget. I don't know. Or even if it had ha- like I don't know what Agents of Shield budget is, but they've been using a lot of special effects, and that show looks fantastic. Oh, Christ, season so, three was like insane on the special well, budget, wasn't it? Right. Was like, I tell you the show that it it should have. Emulated is a. I don't know if you guys have watched it. It's a show. It's produced in Canada, but but put up on on Sci-Fi here in the states. It's called The Expanse, and yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. Based, that's based on a um, a set of books that I really enjoyed. Yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know how much money it costs, but they use the money well because it is. It's very um, convincing. Um, and, and they pay attention to all of the little things. Like, for instance, when the Inhumans of, moon, of the moon, of Adelan, come to Earth, they should be a little freaked out by the gravitational changes, you know, because the moon only yeah. has, what, uh, 75%? Right. Um, right. So they should be like, whoa. <laughs> In any case, the problem with, with the Inhumans juxtaposed to something like Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy is that they can do the whole thing tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Because it's so goofy and funny, and right. then they can make it into a quasi-comedy. If you make Inhumans into a quasi-comedy, where they're all winking at the camera and making jokes, <laughs> then it's really kind of tasteless, because the right. themes of the Inhumans is all about social hierarchy, the ills of social hierarchy, slavery, um, caste system stuff, all these like really heavy, important things, and it would be tasteless to make that into a joke. Well, yeah, I, of course, I don't mean make that into like the comedy kind of thing, but I mean like um, like Maximus would be the ultimate character just to make like really snarky comments and right. just to mess around and that sort of stuff. Kind of like he's in Royals, and and I, I just think they've really missed a trick with some of that. And yeah. yeah, I think to an extent, the Inhumans has kind of fallen over itself in being too serious. Um, you know, look at the Shield. I mean, they've covered some pretty pretty you know oh god yeah deep stuff. Um, but yet they've done it in a way that it is, is it suits a comic book show. Um, right. Ultimately, it is just entertainment, and and I, I, I guess Marvel could kind of, kind of boot out kind of a part of the Inhuman history. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not saying that they, they should completely ignore it and rewrite them, but the cast system, all that sort of stuff, is is recently just been removed from Inhuman books, and it's kind of I I think that kind of does it. In oh, a it's way. it's. It's still there. It's still there, but it's, it's still kind of, there. It's been removed from the spotlight. Royals hardly mentioned. Well, it. right, but that's because I feel like it was sort of. I mean, it's still there and it's still like bubbling under the surface. But at the same time, I feel like that's been discussed in previous yeah. Inhumans books, yeah. and they're trying to drive them a, a little. That the I don't know. Not that the they're not perfect, and they're not trying to separate them exactly but the inhumans need to evolve a little bit and not does that make i don't know i hear what you're saying i get what you mean yeah i mean the whole reason why um lee and kirby introduced the alpha primitives in the pages of of the inhumans it was uh, an analogy or metaphor um about slavery in america and how even though slavery has been abolished for many years it still has this huge specter that affects all of society and that's a really important message that i think that not only it's poignant but i 
it also makes a lot of readers uncomfortable. They don't want to deal with it, and so they, they say, right. oh, the humans Well, I suck. think it's also making viewers a little uncomfortable, too, because I think there are people that are watching this show, and they're expecting superheroes yeah. and things like that, and then they're getting these these topics kind of thrown in their face, which actually I think are kind of relevant to how things are going right now. Right. And, and that's, that's and kind of my, that's kind of that's my point. Too. Yeah, that's kind of my point. I think people just want entertainment. I mean, I I would like, you know, I'd love to see War of Kings as a an Inhumans movie, but I'm not going to get that. And it doesn't really, um, you know, it it's more about Inhumans and the Kree. It's not about the Inhumans on Earth, and it's not about that kind of stuff. It's it's just a big sci-fi opera kind of, yeah. <laughs> right. That's 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 right. my that's my two cents on it. And I think Star that, Wars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Guardians One. I think that the Inhumans was a massive opportunity to bring stuff like War of Kings, um, Annihilation. Um, yeah. They should have done expensive. it in the first Guardians. Yeah, and and it was so, so much stuff that we that we could have had. I think, and I'm not saying someone that, had to ruin it. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't need to sit Shiva on season two just yet. I mean it, it could happen. I mean the fact that like ING isn't even reviewing episodes anymore is not a good sign. But you know, you never know until you know. And um I, I think perhaps the la- the last two episodes will end on a real highlight and it will and we'll, we'll get a second season. If we don't, then, you know, we enjoyed it, and that's that. Because I am enjoying it. That's yeah. the thing. I am yeah. enjoying it. I, oh. It could be so much better, but I am enjoying it. Yeah. And I, I just feel I feel like it should get a second season with a higher budget and a better showrunner, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I am enjoying it, though, because I really like the cast. Yeah, I, I do, I'm too. I'm just hoping I, I... that the final two episodes are awesome. Neat. <laughs> In many ways, it's kind of it's it's kind of part and parcel of what the Inhumans have been in the past. Like when I was a kid, you know, I came across them, and they were this infrequently appearing characters who totally fascinated me. And I could see like a, a youngster today, like flipping through the channels, coming across this, being like, "What is this?" And then before he knows it, it's gone, and he and he or she just has this memory of this weird show that they want to check out later on and whatnot. Um, you know, kind of like when I was a kid, I came across an episode of Blake Seven. I had no idea what I was watching, but I was fascinated, and I had to like dig it up later on to try and figure out what it was I saw. Um, and you know, I. I the Inhumans are never going to be X-Men. They're never going to be the Avengers. They're never going to be mainstream. It's just not in their they, DNA. Neither, neither, neither should they be, because they're kind of just a no. weird product of Marvel. And I love that right. about them, because I, I, I yeah. love the fact that they're niche. And I love the fact yeah. that the Inhumans fans are a, a, a fairly tight-knit group of people. I mean... Yeah. You know, they're weirdos, and, and, and they like... I mean, I'm, I'm just not... I'm not satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not... I'm never going to be satisfied with a with an issue of Deadpool or or I don't know Justice League Metal. It just doesn't do it for me. But I love the crazy weird outro stuff like Saga and yeah. the Admins and the other things that you know that 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 don't get a lot of press. And the Inhumans are right alongside that. And um, maybe that's where they belong. I guess so. I, I think. Yeah. So. I think. I think it's like you're saying. I mean, Image are perfect for the kind of stuff. Image Comics. I mean. Are perfect for that kind of stuff, you know. You've got like Descender by um, 
Ooh, that's a good Rick Remender, that sort of stuff, and and yeah. And but, uh, uh, Trees by Warren Ellis. My God, what a great comic! Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. in the future, if if the show is cancelled, then you know because Marvel Comics is basically just a, a farm system for 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 DC properties moving forward. Comics, I mean, uh, TV shows, video games, movies. We could very well see a, a, a gross reduction in in the number of titles. Um, I hope we get at least one Royal Inhuman book that will stick around. I think Miss Marvel and Moon Girl are are totally in the clear. Not not, not yeah. only because they're apparently I think um, Monsters uh, Unleashed Unleashed is doing pretty good in trade too with Kid Kaiju. I yeah, my, my my nephews are my my nephew is a big fan of that book. He I gave him yeah the, back in the first couple issues. And it's digging. it's still going. Like I'm seeing issues like being solicited all the way through January. So I'm sitting there going, you know, I think that's hitting in the same notes that Moon Girl and Miss Marvel's hitting. So well, the the key there is that all three of those properties are still very viable for um, non comic book. <laughs> Uh, media, the yeah. yeah, cartoon, a, um, um, a TV show, a movie. Um, so, so there. Therefore, Disney has reason to say, yeah, keep on publishing that. M- Moon Girl could sell ten copies a month, and they keep it on the stands because this is they need to do that in order to maintain intellectual property. Yada yada yada, and you know because that would be a fantastic Pixar movie. Oh my god, yeah. So would I think Monsters Unleashed. I think Monsters Unleashed could potentially be a lot of fun. Um, it's got Emma in it. I mean, how could you not? Oh, Bloodstone? Yeah. She's great. <laughs> oh my god, who who'd voice her in the cartoon version? Could you imagine? <laughs> She'd be fun. Uh, okay. Well, guys, thanks for our rambling <laughs> yeah. conversation. Um. I mean, you we can, got you two can, more to go, yeah, more and, and then we can then we can get back to reviewing comics. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you have questions, comments, or whatnot, hit us up at click click click. Ah, you can go to Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter at Rising One. So uh, Saren does a um, uh, live. Tweet. I do a live tweet every Friday night at nine o'clock Eastern Time. Which right is along hilarious. With the show. Yeah, I just call it as I see it and. <laughs> and you can contact the show through email at the show at adelanrising.com. Perfect. And we, we welcome all comments and all that sort of stuff. We do try to get back to you as much as possible. <laughs> right. Uh, so we, uh, we don't man the emails all the time. <laughs> yes. So please, please contact us. We love to hear from you guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Till next time.